and welcome to Anne Steve Talk Stuff, where an artist and an economist walk into a podcast. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm good. I'm good. I'm busy. Um, things are things are looking up um, for, for, for for many reasons. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're recording this on a Friday, um, so it's like 11 a.m. or something. And we will know, I guess, in 12 hours whether we have a new government or not. So it's it's quite an exciting moment if you're a political wonk. You know, it's quite exciting. Political wonk. Oh, yes, a wonk. Somebody who's what wonks, not not the other thing. Uh, <laughs> mind uh, your vowels. Uh, mind your vowels. You can be very careful on the vowels. Wonk. Somebody who's very interested in policy. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, it it's an interesting thing because because when when you think about uh, uh, wonks, it's they're it close. It's closer to nerds, you know, but. Um, they're basically people who are kind of preoccupied with um, details and arcane details, right? So uh, when you listen to like the Irish Times politics podcast and you listen to a whole bunch of lads talking about, um, you know, the, the government of 1948 in, in kind of incredible detail, that's wonkery. Um, or when you talk about, when you listen to uh, people talking about the the really fine-grained details of pension exemptions. That's wonkery. You know, okay. so people are really into counting dollar arithmetic and, you know, this kind of stuff. So they're, you they're, could say it's a wonky policy and you wouldn't necessarily be insulting someone. No, no. In fact, in fact they'd, be, they'd, be quite, they'd be quite pleased. Because they're like, ooh, I've thought through all the details. I'm very happy. You know, so yeah, that, that, that could work. That could really work. Well, come here. We're continuing our theme of nothing to do with, with the C word. Um, and so last week's podcast was, was more of a chat, but we pretty much, I think it got entitled kind of boil the kettle, listen to a chat. <laughs> Speaking of boiling kettles, um, we're going to talk about tea this week and, and we're going to, well, you're going to give us a very interesting twist on this, I think. Yeah. So I guess one of the things I've, I've been thinking a lot about is colonialism. Um, and, uh, ju- just before we started the recording we were talking about a, a book by uh, professor neve harrigan uh called rule breakers and it's why the irish don't tend to follow rules um, and and uh, there are many reasons and I, I won't go into them all but it's an excellent book and you should read it but uh, the, the the key reason is that we're a post-colonial society so we're used to the state abusing us because that's what the state did for hundreds of years mm. now it wasn't our state in fairness but it was the state and because it did this we sort of generated a whole culture of getting around rules and not necessarily taking rules as seriously as they should be and generally not being compliant with rules but in a particularly um passive way that is you know uh that that is probably best described uh um, by the you know irish phrase i will yeah you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you wear a bicycle helmet. I will, yeah. I will, yeah. Right? It's that. It's that. I, it's that sort of smiling and nodding to the face, but not actually complying in practice, right? And yeah, um, yeah Ireland uh, tends to do badly on indexes of kind of rule following, mm. um, uh, badly relative to countries like Australia and Denmark and Norway, where where people will stop you and say, "Excuse me, sir, you clearly have something wrong with you. You are not wearing a bicycle helmet." It is the rule. He, I, I happen to have a spare bicycle helmet for fools such as yourself. Here, wear this one. 
you're uh, crossing the road and it's a yes. red it, it's not the green man you know, jaywalking is something that jaywalking we just go like you know we 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 do it unless your life is in danger do you know it's like, sometimes even still even actually. still yeah even still I, if you're mad for chips you know i sometimes but, um i sometimes yeah. when i driving up o'connell street in limerick uh which i would love to see pedestrianized but i do sometimes drive my car up and it is like a video game it's just dodge the pedestrian <laughs> it's like whoa um, um you know and I, I i try i try to win by not killing anyone uh and i sometimes am the pedestrian darting around the cars so i, I can relate no, it, it's a it's a it's a funny thing i i i i, I fully uh, I fully believe Limerick City should be pedestrianised the same way Galway is pedestrianised. Mm-hmm. It's just a much nicer place to be. Yep. Uh, for everybody who's not in a private motor vehicle. Or a it's car. true. And I know a while ago we talked about reimagining the city and unfortunately we're coming out of phases and uh, like not getting into anything. But it's an interesting thing. I was walking around the city. I was near, up near the Treaty Stone. I bumped into, well, not physically, I socially distantly encountered a neighbor and um she said you know what i didn't miss the cars and it was just the quiet was so lovely and suddenly it's like meow, meow, and yeah so it, i don't know but something has happened anyway speaking of uh sticking with this yes, <laughs> my job is to stay on topic today yeah, yeah, yeah. rule breakers I, I deliberately had less coffee this morning so that i wouldn't be as jumpy oh get to the yeah um you're so, gonna have to keep me in check steve i just now, had a cup of coffee then, then it's then it's screwed we may as well just talk about having feel again um so, so i've been thinking about colonialism and and why why empires begin mm. uh, and how they end and part of this is 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 uh, what's happening with the black lives matter movement in, in the us a lot of it is is brexit related actually and then some of it is uh, related to a book i just listened to actually by michael pollan called caffeine uh Ca- caffeine caffeine like the chemical in in, yeah. in tea and coffee and cool. uh really interesting book basically this guy loves coffee. It's part of his life. He's, uh, he's written, I think, 15 books. He's an incredible journalist. He's a professor at Harvard and all this. And uh, he gave it up, gave coffee up. And what, I just was miserable while writing this book and describes his misery in acute detail, like to the point that you're like, I'm never giving up coffee if this is what happened. <laughs> like that's how, that's literally how bad it was. But he was describing the history of, uh, coffee and where it comes from and it just struck me that the two things sort of mix right so so you've got empire right and when i when i say empire i mean like the british empire okay um so so where great britain gets her name from is you know rule britannia britannia rules the sea yeah um mm. so like if you just think about it from let's say the 1590s which is a reasonable time to start to about 19 19- 1918 say okay. right so uh roughly speaking a 400 year 350 400 year history um of the largest most successful um uh by its own terms obviously yes uh, largely <laughs> the people who were colonized were not that happy with it but no. largest, most successful uh, uh certainly the best uh uh you know remunerated 
um, technologically sophisticated, you know, almost certainly was was one of the ground was one of the ground uh, uh, rules for the industrial revolution. Was created all the technologies that we have today. You know, genuinely incredible piece of governing technology, right? The mm. British Empire. Um, uh, it was it was fantastic by its own lights, right? We've got a big star there, you know, by its yeah, own lights. Yes, we do. So uh, just before the First World War, uh, the British Empire uh, had over 400 million people in it, okay? So that was 23% of the world's population, right? So at its very, very, very height, uh, just before it collapsed, really, after the First World War, uh, or, you know, it was on its way to collapse then, um, it, it, was also, it also held sway over 24% of the world's total landmass. So this is the most successful God. empire. It was just incredible, right? Um, but really, like for most of its period, like if you, if you know, if you, if, you, if you listen to the, you know, uh, if you read the Hilary Mantel books about the Tudors or, you know, if you, if you, you, know, you, know, you remember that, that bit in Leaving Cert History where, you know, you kind of went through the English kings and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, like basically for most of its history, the British Empire is really one amongst a few. You know, sure. like it's not really the biggest or the best. And, and most of the time they get the crap kicked out of them by the French and, you know, the Belgians and Dutch and, you know, like they're, they're, they're Ottoman and Prussia. Yeah, Ottoman, and like there's, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them that are just kind of uh, uh, flowing around and they're all kind of held, they're held in sway by the Catholic church until the reformation and then it collapses and, you know, all that. But at a particular point in time, that song, Rule Britannia, Britannia Rules the Sea, that becomes completely true, right? And it becomes completely true for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first is that their naval superiority means that they are the pe- police of the sea. Yeah, so if you want to move a ship uh, filled with stuff, you move it around because, through British waters, effectively, right? Mm. Um, and that creates the conditions. Trade creates empire. It's not the other way around. So the fact that you can move things safely, relatively safely, from A to B um, really matters. Now, what things are we talking about? Step one, slaves, right? Mm. Slavery is the start of all of this. Really, really important point. Um, So there was a thing called the triangular trade. So what would happen was uh, a boat would um, sail down to uh, uh, Africa, uh, uh, let's just put it in, in, in inverted commas, pick up um, some people and then sail them up to the Canaries, uh, fill them up with, uh, fill, uh, drop off the slaves um, who would go on to have hideous, horrible lives and short lives as well. Um, and they would work in the sugar plantations. The ship would pick up the sugar and it would come back to the, um, come back to either UK or uh, to Holland, actually, to the, to the Dutch Empire, as it were. And this triangular trade was incredibly lucrative, like incredibly lucrative. It made the fortunes of some of the people who were in the House of Lords today. So many of the members, the hereditary members, the 92 members in the House of Lords in the UK today, who are, they're just there because their dad was a, a lord. Yeah. And, and, and if you go back through their, their histories, of which they're very proud and sometimes rightfully proud, um, you find that they owned vast quantities of slaves for which they were compensated when slavery was abolished. Again, by the British Empire, it has to be said. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, bite, I'm biting my tongue here and I'm listening. <laughs> right. 
right. So we've got to set, set so, so we have this sort of condition where, 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 where we have, we have a, a, a bit of naval superiority. We also have something called the East India Trading Company, which is a, a, a monopolist. It, it, it was the only buyer and the only seller in a market for particular products in and specifically tea, right? So tea really ha happens to the British Empire at about the same time as the empire itself. That is, you, when, I, when, I, when I think about this, like you gotta remember the empire is not just an army, right? It's our navy. What it really is, is a, a bunch of public administrative bureaucracies that get plonked in places like Ireland and India and, 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 and all over the world, right? Yeah. Uh, in the US. Um, and the, these bureaucracies, they need, they're basically staffed by the middle and upper classes. And here's where this becomes interesting. They, tea is discovered in, by the British people in about the 17th century, right? And it, it, it's immediately cottoned onto because of its caffeinated properties as a medicinal drink. Okay. Right? So they, they, like, it does actually make you feel better, right? If you've got a cold, have a hot cup of sugary tea, you will feel better. Why? Because you've got sugar and caffeine raging around your body, right? That's why you feel better. You're not better in any medical sense. You just feel a bit better, right? Yeah. That's, that's the important thing. You just feel a bit better, okay? Um, and what's, what's really, really interesting is um, tea becomes fashionable, uh, not, a, not just as a medicinal drink, but as a, uh, as a, uh, a tincture that is taken by aristocratic women, right? Oh, so it's, oh so it's something's all, stinging. Something's yeah, stinging there. Is yeah. that your phone or mine? Yeah, that, that is my phone. I apologize. I'm getting that's, some. Uh, that's okay. You're, you're a busy man, Steve, and uh, we don't want to lose the magic. So you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. so uh, tincture of. of, of uh, what's a tincture? Uh, so, so, it, so it becomes. Um, a tincture. Uh, it, becomes, it becomes a thing. It, uh, it becomes a thing at. Um, oh yeah, sorry. but I'm sorry. I'm doing a bit of etymology here. I'm doing a bit of a, yeah. a, a curiosity about a word. So yeah. it's a word I hear, and I'm pretending. Oh to know right. It. So it's, so it's, a tincture is is something that you 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 will take in 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 small quantities in order to feel a bit better. So snuff, snuff is a tincture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so I've never tried snuff, but I wouldn't mind giving it a lash. Actually. <laughs> pub up the road from me charlie malone's actually sells snuff no way so you must come okay. for a pint and I'll okay get that's a date we're gonna we're going to go and get a pint and lash a bit of snuff <laughs> i can't i can't like i mean is, it's is snuff is are, are are we speaking euphemistically or do you actually mean snuff literal the tobacco snuff. mentholated thing you snort up your nose sweet um, awesome yeah it's it's yeah. You know what? I'm not. You will have your own experience of it, and uh, I I don't want to to buy bias you anyway. Um, but yeah, so, let's do so, that. So snuff is a tincture. A tincture. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's basically a measurement. Right? It's, it, you, it's a small thing. You take it small quantities, and and uh, yeah. So uh, tea is initially popular as a medicinal drink and amongst aristocratic women, and that gives it its uh, status um, amongst everyone else right right um, so you're, it's still, you're still you're still dinging there steve you're gonna have yeah. to you're gonna oh. have to silence the ding Crap, okay. sorry <laughs> uh, not at all okay. no god now I'm, I'm now creating more dings more What's dings happening? i don't know um, how to turn this off 
Okay, I will turn this off. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's okay. No apologies here. Yeah. No, we are all, I mean, I'm just very conscious my dog is right behind me and at any point might, you know, start barking or anything. So this is the world we live in. Yes, um, it, it actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you yeah. were saying that... Yes. So, so um, uh, it's, it, it, beco it becomes a luxury good and then everybody wants it, right? So that that's the important thing. There's sort of a, a kind of a, a, a Paris Hilton effect you know, where, where it, it becomes very, um, yeah, it becomes, it becomes very, um, it's kind of like a blogger of the day going, Hey guys, have you tried tea? It's like, tried, amazing. It, I, I mean, I'm an Instagrammer, you know? Uh, yes. An, an influencer. influencer. They were influencers, very, very early influencers. So uh, it, tea and coffee, um, they actually arrive at different times, but they have pretty much precisely the same chemical properties. And that's recognized early on in the, uh, 17th and, and then moving into the 18th century and you have coffee houses and tea houses all over the UK and it becomes a thing where coffee's expensive but it's like doable with the average merchant's monthly salary and you will go there to get you'll go to coffee houses to get news gossip get a job you know find out when these extremely lucrative ships are leaving so you can take a share out in them and if you can take shares in in ships you can write options which creates the financial market right so 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 these things they they, they start you, because of tea and coffee because of the the sort of the 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 it's not alcohol it doesn't depress you right it's mm. not associated with the lower classes quote unquote and actually we're we're at the time that we're talking we're talking around the time of what's called gin madness uh, uh which we might talk about in another podcast because it's fascinating uh, basically women tried gin uh, uh, and kicked off, and then were immediately labelled as mad. Uh, uh, so, very, very interesting story there about how uh, how it's seen differently. So, anyway, the, the, the I, I might be in danger of sometime being accused of a bit of gin madness. Well, I, 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 I too, I too uh, <laughs> have this problem. So, um, the 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 first like so it's a really interesting period. So, coffee and tea like they really come in in the 17th century, right? So 1657 is the first year in which there's like a proper coffee house in, 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 in London, right? And it's, it's, it's really interesting because they realize, A, people will pay a massive price for this stuff. Everyone likes it. It creates this kind of like very democratic space where people aren't getting hammered. They're not wrecking the place. They feel better when they leave and they're more productive. Okay. Right. So this is the first key economic thing. You drink your cup of coffee, you're actually more productive than the same you that doesn't drink a cup of coffee. Yeah. It, it, uh, neurologists have shown that, that uh, caffeine makes your brain go faster, which is fantastic. Now, that's not what neurologists have actually shown. It doesn't make your brain go faster. That's not a thing. But it, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm... Makes you talk faster or... Talk faster, makes you think in different ways, and it's very good. Um, and by the way, chocolate as well it comes in at this time too. So these okay. are all the fruits of the empire, right? So the, so the ships are bringing the stuff back and people are trying it, they're trying potatoes, they're trying coffee, they're trying tea, they're trying chocolate, all these things, right? That we now assume are just part of life. These were utterly new luxury goods at the time. So after a while, you, you, people realize that, you know, coffee houses are important. They're gonna pay a lot of money for these things. We should really get, get regularized. Where does this stuff come from? Well, it comes from India comes from China, um, you, can, you need to grow it in a really hot place, right? Yeah. So relative, 
Britain, of course, everywhere is hot. So uh, essentially, about 1720, the British East India Company, that, 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 that company that was set up essentially to manage the trade of the British Empire as it grew, started getting really into tea, really into coffee and all this. Uh, so they just went to India, um, and between 1720 and 1750, uh, imports of this stuff quadrupled. Right? So, so people were getting richer, they were able to trade more, and they were drinking this stuff like it was going out of fashion, right? So happy days. So that, that means they, that they needed a steady supply of, the, of, the, of this gear, which means they needed a, a bureaucratic outpost in the place where the tea came from, India, China, and other places. Yeah. Um, and so as they did that, you know, as they did that, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's, uh, it's vital that this becomes stable. So they start sending out their own officials to make sure it's done properly, not just merchants, but actually representatives of the British crown. And so uh, these areas become dominions and they become uh, 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 everything else. So there's this lovely moment where, and lovely again, from the perspective of the British empire, <laughs> right? Just yeah. that's an important point to keep repeating. Well, <laughs> like, winners write history, you know, and, and we are looking at it from their point of view because to look at it from any others is just, horrific exactly so you get this lovely so you, you get a democratization an exchange of ideas in these coffee shops and, and, and tea shops mm. you get this fantastic increase in productivity but you also get the 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 creation of financial markets around the, the trade for this stuff and you get this public administration that lands more or less in these uh, uh colonies and when they get there they're they face with several problems first just about everyone hates them okay second the water and the food that is prepared for them makes them really sick these are the the, the british colonists when they arrive mm -hmm. um what really helps them in this scenario is tea not because of its productivity enhancing qualities but because it is boiled oh, yes. so by boiling the water you remove the bacteria that uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, let's just put it euphemistically and say slowing you down, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, you have a highly productive, highly motivated workforce that is less likely to get sick than other types of workers, right? So they're more productive and they do their job pretty well, again, by their own lights. So uh, what's, what's fascinating about all this is we haven't talked about milk and sugar at all. Mm. It's just black tea at this point right it's black tea it's it's the leaves of the it's the leaves of tea or or or, or roasted coffee beans and it's they're crushed up and they're just strained through hot water boiling hot water right yeah it's just that's how you have it you don't have it with milk and sugar right um and so uh what's really interesting about this is um tea by the by the 18th century is now more popular than alcohol it's more popular than um, everything it was it, it's it's appropriated as british at this point like it begins in in china and india thousands of years ago right people sure. were realizing that like you lash a bit of hot water through the stuff it's pretty awesome right they like humanity has known about this for a long time but yeah. it becomes quintessentially british in this period the sort of 18th 19th century when uh, britannia is really at her height right she is the most powerful empire in the world um and it's it's kind of it's kind of fascinating uh, because 
it transitions then from, do you remember, it was this kind of aristocratic kind of ladies drink medicinal thing and then it became something that the middle and merchant classes could consume and then by the 18th century 19th century everyone had become so wealthy by the riches of the industrial revolution that it became a working class drink right okay it became a thing like a, like a like a key component of the british diet like bread you know sure. like it just became a thing that everybody kind of just had and they yeah. just understood it as being part of their lives, right? A bit, um, bit like avocados. A bit like a bit like avocados. Yes, yes, yes. Keen's not on the podcast today, but shout out to our avocado uh, enthusiast. Uh, uh, our millennial Keen, producer. Our millennial producer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, millennials. We, we love you, Keen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, you were saying, so this was now, it was just a norm in a way that it had not been at all. Exactly, exactly. And so, and so at this point, tea replaces gin as the standard thing, the working class drink. Standard breakfast drink. This is it's a key, key moment, right? So again, think about it from the economist's perspective. So you have a worker that is drinking a fair whack of gin, and this stuff is not like our gin. This is, it's Geneva, it's what it's called. It's um, hardcore. Right. You're, and, make, you're saying words, but uh, they're yeah. just sounds. I don't know what they yeah. mean. Hot Jennifer, Quan Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer is, 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 is the Dutch version of gin. Oh, and, and what's uh, Hot Qua? Yeah. Hot Qua is my, that's my, that's my Austrian. Austri- uh, uh, <laughs> Hardcore, <laughs> is it? Hardcore. That's Hardcore. That, that, yeah. It's because Arnie. We're, yeah, I've been, I've been taking the kids through like 90s films and we watched Kindergarten Cop yesterday. And oh. so... So the kids this Arnie morning, buzz going on. Yeah, exactly. Very, very Arnie buzz. Uh, but, but, but what's interesting is they haven't seen the Terminator. Oh. Right. So they haven't seen any of that stuff. So they don't understand that Arnie is playing against himself. And that's, oh. we're all going, oh, there's the Terminator with a load of children. Oh, that's so funny, right? The heat, they don't get that he's playing against type. And that's what makes it funny. They just see a big guy falling over. La, la, la. Exactly. You know, and it works okay. completely. It works just as well like that, you know? So um, the kids this morning were like, this cereal is hardcore. You know, all this kind of thing, you know? So that's really good. So, so, uh, so we're in the hardcore gin. Hardcore gin. We're not anymore, though. That's the thing, right? So, ah. so you've got, you got a, a, work, a, a, a workforce, which A, needs to be far more technically specialized because they're not just out cutting grass or whatever, right? They're, they're, not, um, they're not agricultural laborers. They have to work in factories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have to yeah. be able to read. They have to be able to um, uh, accept commands. Yeah. So this is, this is one of the reasons for the, the invention of school as we understand it, right? Um, education... Uh, formalized education systems come in in this time like there's a reason why the it starts at nine and ends at three right so you can get up early and do the manual agricultural tasks in the morning you know go to your school and then when you get back you can do the agricultural tasks in the evening and then stop it in june because we really need the children to help us get the harvest in and then you can restart in september because yeah there's less to be doing right so it's completely based around it's an accommodation between the agricultural timetable and then the need to have everyone socialized and sitting down and listening to somebody important go, blah, 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 you will do this. Right? It's a very, very important part of the, the empire, actually, is this kind of mass education movement. Um, so, but again, it, gin replaces, tea replaces gin. And now you have workers who are like way more switched on, right? Like they Not go bangers. from like, 
not liars, right? They go from super switched off to really switched on, right? And um, they, 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 they also turn around and uh, they also turn around and because tea is so cheap now, like it's really cheap. Yeah, it's not high quality. Okay. Yeah. So, so the stuff that came in in the 15th, 16th century was really high quality. It was the top gear, mm. right? But, but you can't have that all the time, obviously. Um, in, uh, if, if you're importing masses and masses and masses of it. Yeah, you just have, basically, you have the, the beautiful leaves which are done all fancy. And then you have the, um, the beautiful leaves which are done all fancy. And then you have the, um, then you have the, um, the, the kind of standard, uh, bog standard. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and, and there, this is so, so, so important, right? So you've got a, a warm, you know, you've got this warm, hot drink produced with boiling water, which yeah. increases your productivity, decreases your likelihood of getting any gastrointestinal difficulties, uh, uh, massively uh, uh, makes you more productive relative to your gin-soaked version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. and now, but now the quality of it's not great, right? And because the quality of it not, is not great, people start adding lots and lots of sugar and lots and lots of, lots of milk to it because the taste is not that ideal. Okay. Yeah. So this is the period in which it becomes like you know milky tea. Now, there's always been milk taken with tea, mm -hmm. but you know I think we but we do we do. It is important to understand that the stuff that we use in the way that we use it is typically designed for us. Sure. Is a it, so for example, oxo cubes, right? We always we take an oxo cube and we kind of crumble it into a stew or something yeah yeah but oxo was designed as a soup okay uh, yeah yeah so it's, its initial use was like this will be a soup for our you know it's a powdered soup this is what yeah. it's for and everyone was like this soup sucks you know <laughs> <laughs> it sucks it, I, okay so 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 you know for 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 our loyal listeners get a get an oxo cube and stick it in a stick it in a, in a, in a glass and put some boiling water into it and try to drink that. Um, mm -hmm. It's yeah. not great. But they realize it would be good as a food flavoring thing. If you so add food to it, if, if you add a stew to it. Yeah, yeah. Same idea, yeah. right? Um, it's absolutely the same idea um, with this. They just, they altered what is generally perceived as the norm for the product in order to make it more palatable to more people. Yes. Exactly. So they did to tea what I've just described as to oxo cubes after the uh, First World War. And there's all these things that I found, I remember being in, in Britain when I was young and this whole thing of putting the milk in first. And, yes. And, and, and we typically in Ireland, well, certainly when I was growing up, you put the tea in first. Yes. And what I was told was, now this is a colonial thing, that um, the British were more likely to have had... Um, you know, China are, are things that needed to be protected and, and have something to, to protect the cup. So uh, some cool liquid to absorb the hot water would protect the China, whereas we were probably drinking out of, I don't know, buckets or something. And uh, <laughs> buckets of potatoes. And, um, <laughs> and so we throw the hot water in and it would be something, you'd cool it down with milk rather than kind of warm up milk with your tea. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, that's just something I've accepted as true. Um, who knows, but, uh, maybe, you know, cause you, you know, you're an economist. <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I mean, like, I think, uh, that's a kind of, it's an interesting piece of material science. I don't, I haven't heard about that, but that sounds cool. Sure. Um, look, we've said yeah. it on the internet, so now it's true. 
there is one thing uh, which I find really interesting about tea, which is that it was so important that unions uh, used it to argue for, for more regular breaks. Oh. Right? So, so the idea of a regular kind of built-in break at 11 a.m., right? So roughly speaking, we actually now call it a tea break. Mm. Yeah? Or 11s. That all, that all comes from this period of time. So the union movement, because you have mass industrialization, you also have people who are saying, well, there's a whole bunch of people here. And if I tell them to go out on strike, they will. So you should listen to what we want. And then th we'll all do this together. And in so doing, have our wages go up. So the union, the, in, in the same way that the British Empire is an amazing technology for... A, you know, managerial technology for increasing this, the ratio of trade around the world. Mm -hmm. The union is an amazing technology for increasing wages. It's incredible. Like, like there's pretty much, there's pretty much nothing bar maybe education, maybe education that is as powerful for increasing the wages of workers than unions. Um, and it is, I think it's very interesting that unions are, have been in large scale decline since the 1970s. And they gave you to sit on one of the very early podcasts. They gave us the weekend. They gave us the weekend, but they, what they also gave us was the tea break. And the tea break. You know? And because it was so ubiquitous, it was like, well, we need time to have tea. This is vital. You know, and of course the employers were like grudgingly. Yeah. Okay, cool. But in practice, they were delighted. Why? Because you're jazzing up your workers with loads of caffeine. You know, they're, 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 they're knackered after a couple of hours of work. Let them sit down, have the chat, you know, good for, good for friendship and all that. But most importantly, drink some, drink some uh, 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 boiled water with caffeine in it. Um, you know, happy yeah. day. Well, it's, this isn't really comparable, but I suppose when you think about it, it like as in investing to get more return, um, this idea that some, some pubs, if you're, if they whenever they open again but they would do a thing where at maybe five o'clock or not five o'clock i mean maybe at eight o'clock on a friday and um you know they'll just send out sausages and chips around the pub and they will smother them in salt yeah and so you yeah. eat these little lovely delicious uh things and next thing you know you're buying more pints because you're thirsty yep. and it's that kind yeah. of investment in in investments in, in in like everyone's a winner you know yeah, I've, you I've had some lovely chips and now i'm and mm -hmm. i'm getting maybe more drink I also, than I, have, I also have um i've also just taken a bunch like an absolute mad bunch of protein and carbohydrate at 10 p.m or 11 p.m right telling my body you should stay awake some more you need to <laughs> digest these things you know um and so that keeps it calms everyone down right it's yeah. a it, it's a fantastic thing and when and the pubs open now we'll have to do that we will so snuff and um some awesome. food thing finger food and uh, and pints of course right. so you're yeah. we're we're gonna have to wrap this up shortly but i suppose what you ultimately you're saying is tea is has been a real driving was a real driving force for and kind of still is right like so so so, so trade the, the, there is a, a thing to, that, that I've tried really hard to understand, which is our deep history. And, and the fact that like, so I, I, live, I live in a little village and that little village is sort of 300 years old, but on the road where the village was built, that road has been there for at least 2000 years, right? Wow. 
So there's a house there. There are houses on this road, whatever. But there have been people on the way, walking their way for thousands of years. It's yeah. the same. I'm, I'm, I, me, most of the time, we're just recycling versions of the past into the present. Mm. And when we do this, we often, we put our own spin on it and we, we mightn't be aware of it, but we basically just walk down the same road. And uh, tea is a lot like that. You know, we're, we're, or, or, or these, all of these uh, 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 practices, they're all basically artifacts from the past that we recycle into the present. Coffee culture, coffee houses, you know, tea drinking, all of that kind of stuff. Um, even its negation, you know, oh, no, 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 decaffeinated for me, please. You know, that kind of stuff. It's all the same or it's all, all, of, all a spin mm. on stuff that happened hundreds of years ago. And I'm fascinated by that because I wonder if we had perfect information about the world, would we see that everything is in fact some strand of the past finding its way into a new mixture in the present and then explaining the future? right yeah. yeah and and have us better prepared i suppose for yeah. for, for developments of what might come our way yeah especially there's, there's at a time when we about that actually what's um, that yeah so there's this science fiction writer um uh um azimov was his name and um he wrote these books where there's a thing called psychohistory where people mm. are able to predict the future okay. yeah and it's kind of it's they're cool books actually um they're cool books they're not well written but they're very interesting ideas okay um yeah and so so uh whether we can predict the future or not uh, i guess is another podcast probably right it's probably another podcast considering we're pretty much out of time but uh listen whenever you're <laughs> boiling that kettle or, or get buying your your tea or coffee this is something to think about yeah, on me. Re- repeating repeating cycles uh <laughs> Stephen, as ever always a joy and um who knows who knows what the future well can we predict the future tonight when when people are listening to this when it's going out um, we'll know whether we have a government in Ireland or not but um, until then enjoy your cup of tea will do take care take care bye bye you have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff a Limerick Post podcast produced by Kean Reinhardt theme tune composed and performed by David Blake follow Stephen Kinsler on Twitter at Stephen Kinsler he's a Stephen with a PH Anne Blake at Anne Blake 78 she is an Anne with no E and the Limerick Post at Limerick Post if you have any questions you can get to any of these Twitter accounts or follow the hashtag Anne Steve Talk 